Comically Inclined. I am Danny Stewart, Editor-in-Chief of ComicallyInclined.com and your host for this podcast. I'm Corey Peck, Social Media Consultant. And I'm Katrina Stewart, the Art Director. Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, Katrina, you haven't been on since we were an audio-only podcast. No, that's not true. I was on Nerd... News. Oh, you were here for uh, Nerd Year's Nerd, Eve. Nerd Year's Eve. That's true. I take that back. It was yeah. a great way to ring in the new year. And yeah, Corey, and this I is your first time on the show. I mercilessly destroyed you on Are You Done? What now? I said I mercilessly destroyed you on Are You Done? That is uh, that is not what the vote said. Well, or is it? I the votes remember. weren't tallied. I don't remember. <laughs> so uh, our chat is down again. Uh, I can't figure out what is going on with that. So I apologize that it's not on screen. But we can see what you guys are saying. Uh Nick Beck said, necrophilia, when you just want to crack open a cold one. Thank you for that, Nick. Um, <laughs> fantastic. So it's been, a, uh, it's been a big week for nerd stuff. Uh, Corey, I don't imagine, did you watch the new Kenobi episode that dropped today? The who? Okay. And uh, did you happen to catch Miss Marvel? Uh-uh. Were, are you current on Kenobi? I didn't know that there was an episode that came out Every today. Wednesday. But there was one last week. You saw that, right? Yes. So we're going to talk about I've Kenobi three episode three. Uh, so we waited. Uh, we waited till this week to talk about it. Uh, so we're not spoiling anything for anyone. Uh, Cody, uh, Billy Rhodes asked, uh, do you automatically hate Black Adam because it's DC? And the answer to that is no. Um, I actually really like black adam as a character and i'm a big fan of dc comics i automatically dislike it because of the marketing campaign for it they're showing the rock talking about how great the movie is going to be but everything i see for it's basically the same like the movie's not standing on its own two legs for for me i'm already a little gun shy with what uh dceu has put out i just think it's a sign that it's not it's not gonna be that great but cool so uh yeah, um, we did get uh, Kenobi Episode 3 last week. Um, so we got the return of Darth Vader to Star Wars canon. I love that guy. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about Darth Vader? His hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a helmet, first. Uh, <laughs> it's on his head. <laughs> okay. Wow. This is going to be a great show, guys. Uh, so uh, what was amazing, I think, is that we get a little bit of a uh, – a, a show of what we got in New Hope whenever Darth Vader and Obi-Wan face off against each other, but we got a, a little younger, and it kind of split the difference uh, between what we got in the prequel trilogy and what we got in the original trilogy, and you just get, like, Obi-Wan kind of not being good with his lightsaber and uh, Darth Vader being, uh, you know, a total badass. Aw, thanks, Ben! <laughs> so Ben said uh, Blake is even prettier than usual this show. <laughs> that was really sweet. So in an audio-only format, you have to read the comment or people don't know what you're reacting oh, to. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Okay, uh, got it. Which, which we are. We're also audio-only. So speaking of uh, things people are reacting to, you want to talk about some news? Oh, yeah. I've got some news. <laughs> So, this week on Rumor Mill, Kevin Feige says if he has his way, there will be a real-life AvengerCon. 
New Black Adam dr- trailer wait, wait, draft. I got to address them one at a time. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the Avenger Con. <laughs> so I, uh, an, an Avenger-centric con put on by Marvel. Um, and Papa Feige. Yeah. Or Daddy Feige. Ah, the ghost of Britney lives. <laughs> Bringing it back. Uh, um, the idea of a... a a Comic Con, or just a a con put on completely in, um, uh, completely in honor of the Avengers, is an interesting proposition. But I don't know that. I mean, I guess there were Star Wars cons and stuff, but you don't really see just like just Star Wars cons anymore, or just Star Trek cons anymore. That's usually a broader con that kind of takes everything into consideration. So I, I think that. It's an interesting idea, and I can understand why he'd be like, yeah, we could actually do this. But at the same time, I doubt you would ever get just an Avengers-centric con. Well, obviously there are tons of, like, Marvel and, like, Avengers fans. But you're really unnecessarily limiting your market audience to only those fans. Mm -hmm. And then expecting them to travel because your fans are all over the world. So, what, are you only going to corner, like, 2%? I mean, it's not that they couldn't fill that. A, a convention space for it. I I don't know that that's really necessarily a problem. I just think, uh, yeah, I think limiting it to just Avengers is is probably. But then, uh, you know, I, I'm saying that because I'm immediately like negative about it. But honestly, uh, there's a just a Power Rangers con, and obviously the Avengers are quite a bit bigger than the Power Rangers. Okay, I mean, I can't refute that. Right. I have a lot of Power Rangers stuff myself, and I would absolutely attend that. So for there to be an Avengers con, I don't fail to see them filling that out completely. And I think it's going to be great. Who's your favorite Power Ranger? I don't want to bring color into this, but (laughs) the blue one. Anyway, so the the new Black Adam trailer dropped today. I'm assuming. Yeah, it was today. Okay. Um, Actually, I believe it it dropped yesterday, like late in the day. Um, And it's it's there's not a lot of new footage in it. You see some conversations between Black Adam and uh, Hawkman and uh, Pierce Brosnan's Doctor Fate, um, which is. I mean, I'm really excited to see Pierce. Brosnan as Dr. Fate. I just don't know as, and I was having this conversation with uh, Nick Beck earlier, but I just don't know that I'm excited to see Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate in this movie. I would love to see him as this character in a good movie, but I am concerned that it's going to be a shit movie with a great casting of Dr. Fate. And much like Henry Cavill as Superman, it's going to be a wasted casting or Ben Affleck as Batman. It's going to be a wasted casting because while they're perfect people to portray these characters, the portrayal is going to be poor. Very similar to Hugh Jackman um, playing Wolverine in so many films where he didn't get to be Wolverine. Maybe it's just not his fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dr. Fate. <laughs> I was preparing for the next one. Anyway, um, new rumor is 100 let me repeat that a hundred percent of the amber heard scenes are cut from aquaman 2 
it's I saw it coming. I'm not that shocked by this. Um, the DCEU is already struggling to get people to watch their movies. Um, and so I'm sure the stigma of having Amber Heard in the movie was enough to scare them away from letting her stay in. So anybody who would have been like, well, we already filmed it, and it, the, it's a big part of the plot, and it you know, kind of cuts the movie apart, and they were just like, nah, don't worry about it. This movie's going to suck anyway. <laughs> I, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I would watch the hell out of a movie with just Amber Heard. I want to see that train wreck. <laughs> I was like, where is this going? Yeah. I, I would watch the hell out of that. That would be very dramatic. It would maybe not bring tears to my eyes, but there would definitely be tears in someone's eyes. And... Not hers. <laughs> so kind of like Amy Schumer's solo films. You uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to watch this, but I kind of want to watch this. Yeah. And, you know, if you turn away for 20 minutes or most of the time, you're not going to miss anything. It's fine. That's valid. That's valid. Uh, and uh, I will say Ben Stewart says the first Aquaman was good. That was a fun movie. Like out of all of the DCEU films, that's probably one of the most fun to watch. Um it's it's a good time, and I'm not saying that this one's not going to be watchable. There's a there's a spectrum here. Like you have like Winter Soldier, and then you have like uh, uh, God, what's the worst one? Uh, Shazam, you know, like way way down. Um, and then you know it's it, these some of these movies fall in between. I think Aquaman's going to be all right. The problem is these are still movies where they're trying to create a broader uh, connected universe still, um, even though they, they said they were going to focus more on like individual stories and all that stuff, they're still trying to make this broader connected universe and you have to get invested in this broader connected universe and you get excited about this broader connected universe, the characters and what they're going to be doing. And then, you know, in a year or two, they're going to reboot it. Like you're not going to see the same Aquaman on screen. We're going to get a new Aquaman origin story. We're going to get a new flash origin story. We're going to get another Batman origin story. We're going to get a new Superman on screen. Eventually the justice League's going to be entirely different. It's just, it's hard to invest in these films in the way that we've been fortunate enough to invest in them in the MCU. Cause those have a payoff and these so far have not. Um, and yeah, Billy, to answer your question, I did not care for uh, Shazam. I thought it was silly. Um, I didn't think it was well done. I thought there were some fun moments in it, but overall, I don't think it was a very good movie. Hmm. Oh, you're what you got next? Me. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, this is a direct quote, so it's coming from the source himself. <clears throat> I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited about the release of that movie. Uh, or like the Disney Plus special. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, just really quick, if anybody didn't catch that, uh, August 12th is when... Yeah, so August 12th, the out. I Am Groot animated series, which is going to take place with Young Groot that we got in Guardians 2, um, is dropping on Disney Plus. And I think this is just like a fun little series they're doing i don't think that it's going to have any weight or changes or anything that in, really impacts the broader mcu because obviously it's pre um the teen group that we got in uh endgame yeah gun says it's not necessarily part of the guardian saga yeah yeah it's just to sell plushies to kids sounds like a treat i mean 
Baby Groot is adorable. I would probably buy some little Bumble Baby Groots and start a small greenhouse with him. A treehouse? Butch. Anyway, next thing. Um, Hunger Games. The Hunger Games prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, drops on November 17th, 2023. Yeah, that's probably because Song of Ice and Fire was already taken. So, Ballads of Sog, Birds, and Snakes, is that? Yes. And I don't know anything about it. I've been pretty removed from the Hunger Games since I finished the books and watched the movies. Um, I imagine it's going to give us some history of the Hunger Games probably leading up to it. You know, very similar to, like, the, the first Purge movie. That uh, not the original, but the movie that showed the origins of the purge. Uh, it's it's probably just going to be a shameless cash grab set in the uh, Hunger Games universe. And what would be really cool is if it introduced some great characters with some great world building, and it was something you could actually get attached to that wasn't just like, oh, so that's where that character comes from. But well, and out of pure speculation, I think it would be really cool if this prequel was about um, Haymitch. And I really hope that if it is, that Woody Harrelson comes back and replaces that role because he was a phenomenal drunk Hamage. And it would be cool to see how he won his Hunger Games, which was... So let me get this straight. You want to see Woody Harrelson now playing a teenage version of Woody Harrelson in in a Hunger Games prequel. Yeah. We have the technology. That seems like a very expensive <laughs> movie when you could just recast the character. Okay, I guess. But the, the kid has to look like Woody Harrelson. That poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Netflix's DC The Sandman release date was revealed for August 5th. That is really exciting. Um, Neil Gaiman has been doing a lot with the Sandman character lately. They did an audio-only podcast where they go through the adventures uh, that was released on uh, Amazon, I believe, um, that had some really good like big-name actors playing the different characters from the Sandman canon, and now we're going to get an on-screen version of it, and I... You know, Neil Gaiman has enough experience in like television, movies, and that kind of stuff, like with... Um, uh, good omens he was a big part of that um and that was really good so i'm excited to see what he does with sandman me too you you don't know anything about sandman nope so Sand- sandman is the king of dreams and in this story which takes place at the beginning of the sandman Mr. comics sandman. yeah the, yes the sandman um okay, okay. he has been imprisoned for a while and he actually gets free. And when he gets free, his entire realm is in shambles and he has to rebuild his kingdom of dreams. Um, so his sister death and he, um, kind of hang out and they like figure stuff out. And then he comes to earth and has to fight like demons and stuff that have, uh, in, in infringed upon his rule. And, uh, one of the really cool things is that, while he was trapped, he was able to reach out into the real world and affect people. And one of the people he affected was the DC comic character, the Sandman, who was a, a uh, uh, detective who wore a gas mask and he was just called the Sandman. Um, and he was like, so while Sandman has his origins in the golden and silver age periods of DC comics, the, whenever they wrote the Sandman story, they, and they folded that into it. It's very... Um convenient 
It wasn't convenient. It was a great way of introducing a new Sandman with an entirely different story, but still pay uh, homage to that original canon of of Sandman. I can see that. Um, the Joker 2 is officially confirmed, and the title was revealed as Joker Foliadur. Yeah, that's a really French name. Uh, I wonder if they like Mike and Ike's. What was... <laughs> You like Mike and Ike's? What was the, what's the translation of that? Shared psychosis. Shared psychosis. I believe so. Okay. Shared psychosis. Which I'm, I'm wondering if that is a reference to like the Joker army he put together at the end of the last movie. Um, that kind of group that was all deciding to follow him. Um, you know, we, uh, uh, what's up Leprechaun? Um, we know that in the end of that movie, he killed someone and ran off from Arkham, um, and that's kind of the closing scene of the movie. Uh, so it's it'll be interesting to see where this picks up. Uh, I'm not really that excited about this. I think that the idea for Joker was good in a single movie, but I don't know that it's going to be great in a f- sequel film without the broader Batman universe to play in. Um, and there's no Batman. Oh. Oh. Like, like Batman was 10 years old in the first Joker movie. So either Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. So either Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is going to have to be like 15 years older to get a year one Batman in the movie. Or it's not going to have Batman in it and it is going to be another entirely Joker centric story. And I just don't know that we're going to that's going to work twice. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, it's rare, but I could be wrong. Well, if it's shared psychosis, I would assume that they're going to bringing in some other characters because it's well. It, another really interesting too. thing is that the the post credit scene at the end of the Batman introduced Barry Keegan's Joker, um, and and there's no indication that they're going to do anything with him just yet. So I don't know if that's like maybe we're going to see the Barry Keegan Joker in this. Joaquin Phoenix Joker, if they're still going to keep that all separate. Um, I know that the Batman was supposed to be self-contained and not a part of any broader movie universe. Um, but I just don't, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I'm thinking about like Joker stories and like the really good ones uh, and kind of his solo adventures, things he's gotten up to. And I just don't know that there's a good enough story with a payoff for that Joaquin Phoenix Joker without Batman in it or some sort of Batman like character. Like, what kind of adventure is he going to go on that he hasn't gone on already without a Batman? That's, yeah. It, it, and it would almost be like maybe maybe he's free. Maybe he's coming into his own as the Joker. Maybe he's establishing himself as the crown prince of crime. Um, maybe he's building his empire, and maybe that's the whole movie. It's like the mob boss is trying to challenge the Joker's power and then, you know, finding out that they just can't stand up to what he's got. But, I, you know, I, I just don't. I, I can't wrap my head around what what this movie could be that it would be worth making a whole second movie, you know. But with it being the shared psychosis aspect, I'm sure that he's going to have like some sort of teammate, or maybe he combines his forces with another Joker, maybe. And Is they there a like multiverse in the DC. Yeah, yeah. The uh, DC Comics was the first uh, the first comic company to introduce the idea of a multiverse. 
So would it be too far of a stretch to say that maybe they're just going to, like, dive into the multiverse and then it's going to be, like, Joaquin Phoenix Joker and then that other dude that you said, that, Keegan or something? Or Barry other? Keegan. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe the Jared Leto Joker. But uh, that <laughs> that broader sandbox is not really something that I would expect to see in that universe established in Joker 1. Hmm. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but I just don't. It, without without some broader DC character causing some kind of thing, some kind of rift that would cause them to come together, I just couldn't see them taking that that Joker, that very like grounded in reality Joker, and put him in a world where some of the bigger, flashier superhero shit's going on. It doesn't, again, that doesn't mean they can't. I just, I don't see it happening. I agree, Christine. Never again with the Jerry Leto, please no. <laughs> I, I'm on record saying that I think his portrayal of Joker was good. I think his visual was bad. I think that the tattoos and the the, the like uh, the uh, machine gun Kelly looking version of Joker was was a fail. But I think the uh, the portrayal of the Joker was good. I love the fact that instead of just outwardly laughing in these very tense situations, um, that Joker manifests his laughter like it's not he can't control it it just comes it bubbles out of him and i, I loved that aspect of it but uh yeah, yeah i just think so, he was poorly i think the visual was awful i think that's that's the biggest problem with that joker um moving on <laughs> the rob Z- zombie reboot of the monsters teaser was the monsters today. oh my bad blake has awful handwriting blake wrote this yeah, with a shit handwriting. So the yeah. the monsters are what now? Uh, they're getting a reboot, and the teaser was released today. Okay, now I missed this, um, which I'll have to go back and watch it. Um, so far, there hasn't been a Rob Zombie reboot of anything that I've enjoyed. I don't think his Halloween movies were good, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm a little worried that we're gonna get like a House of a Thousand Corpses version of the monsters, where uh, you know Lily Munster swears profanely and gets her boobs out at some point <laughs> i enjoyed it you enjoyed what house of a thousand corpses i love house of a thousand corpses i don't like the some of rob zombie's reboot stuff um and i he, he has a very specific style of filmmaking that typically leans into a lot of profanity some nudity a lot of violence and he's got his hands on a childhood classic, something that I've always loved. And I've been a big fan of the monsters uh, since I was a kid. And I'm just worried that we're going to get a really gross version of the monsters instead of the fun family story that the monsters tends to be, which is that they're good, upstanding, upright people who look like classic fairy tale monsters and everyone else around them sucks, you know? So if we get like a profane uh, Herman Munster, or you know, if Grandpa is some kind of a creep, um, I think it really would defile kind of the the whole idea behind the monsters. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and that's kind of on on point with how Hollywood goes with uh, horror movies is just throwing in nudity and throwing in cursing to make it rated R. Yeah, cut open someone's stomach. I just, I just know that with Rob Zombie attached, I get very, I'm very nervous about it. 
Uh, Christine asks if anyone has checked the audience rating. I don't know that they've put a rating out yet for that, uh, what what the rating is going to be on that movie. Um, I, I'll have to look. I didn't realize the teaser had dropped. So, oh. Well, last but not least, J.J. Uh, Abrams' new show, Deme, Deme Mind, is not moving forward on HBO. What? May I see that? De. Demimamande. No, it's Demimand. I looked up how to pronounce it. Cool. I don't know what that's about. Um, I'm sure that it would have been one season and there would have been some numbers on a a door. And, uh, you know, you just spent the next eight seasons trying to figure out what the fuck the numbers mean. And it turns out they mean nothing. Uh, That's. uh, And why were they in a church? You know? Like, where'd that come from? Uh, Anyway. All right, folks. Looks like these rumors have been milled. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, what a great rumor mill here. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, so we also got Miss Marvel today. Now, I don't want to get into spoiler territory with that. So this is a non-spoilery conversation about miss marvel um it's i really enjoyed it i don't have any complaints about it um the change of kamala khan's powers i can see where uh you know they're about to introduce reed richards and another stretchy person like reed richards is is too many in one huh what's up or jake the dog or jake the dog yeah or plastic man uh nah (laughs) um but yeah i i i i I can see why they wouldn't want to lean into the inherently mr fantastic style stretchy powers that uh kamala khan is known for and i think that it's a good it's a good compromise to give her something that's similar but different you know she's got uh she she can stretch and reach and create shapes and stuff the the same way that she did in the comics but um it's just hard light instead of her body stretching but uh i really enjoy all of the the pakistani heritage heritage stuff that they were talking about in there um i don't know a ton about um of of, of like uh, middle eastern culture so it's nice to to maybe get get a perspective from somebody else's life and and get to get to see that in a superhero show which is something that uh, Marvel's been doing a great job of uh, introducing us to alternate perspectives and, uh, and fun new characters, and I, I really enjoy that and, and the like very girl power aspect of it as well. I didn't watch it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry, <laughs> Kamala is all about girl power, which is which is great because I have uh, we have uh, young daughters, and I would love for them to have more role models that they can look up to, especially from superheroes, which was a big part of my development growing up, and, and giving that to my kids, I think, is really important. Me too. Cool. Uh, so do you guys, uh, speaking of, like, Kamala Khan's powers being changed, they do a lot of weird decisions whenever they're making, adapting things from a written format to a visual format. Um, and that's why we're talking about uh, characters being left out of adaptations on our top five. You're right. Uh, 
So, uh, our top five tonight, uh, characters left out of adaptations. Now, uh, one of the most common ones, and one we're probably going to see in somebody's list tonight, is uh, Tom Bombadil being left out of Lord of the Rings. But that's just a good example. Uh, Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Rude. But, uh, so our new uh, order for this uh, would be you, uh, then Corey, Mm -hmm. then Chat, then me. So that's the way we're going to go. So if you would please kick us off. With your number five. Um, I actually wrote these down in no specific order, so I'm quickly putting them in an order. So I would say my number five is from Harry Potter, and I'm going to go with Professor Binns. Um, I didn't realize that he didn't show up in any of the movies. <laughs> what? Yeah, they... Uh... No, I'm not done. Okay, carry on. Oh, why are you laughing? I just... That's funny that you didn't notice. Carry on. Well, because as a reader, I think I'm imagining the scenes as they happen. When you're a reader and you're reading, you imagine the scenes in your head as if they were a movie. And especially for something like Harry Potter that I've watched and read and listened to constantly, um, all of that just gets muddled. And I... I didn't know that Professor Benz didn't even tell Hermione about the Chamber of Secrets and the Chamber of Secrets in the movie. And it's crazy. Like, Professor Benz isn't that big of a character, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. It's not like a plot point or anything. But he's kind of interesting in that he aids in the lore of the castle and that he was such a boring teacher that he literally fell asleep in front of a fire in an armchair, woke up the next day dead as a ghost, and went and continued teaching. Yeah, so they replaced uh, Benz with Flitwick in the movie, right? Like, he any, any scenes of bins that they included were portrayed by flitwick instead holy crap ben fact check that i'm pretty sure because uh, i yeah, also was... thought flitwick was in the books flitwick is in the books but they they, they took purpose so then? very similar to uh Treebeard, uh they just combined his uh the two characters basically so that flitwick just covered the necessary parts that bins provides to the story oh i gotcha okay well never yeah. mind Anyway, how about you, Corey? Corey, you're number five. I just love how much detail you know about your characters. So let me go ahead and dive right into who I thought should have been brought into their adaptation. So if you noticed in Garfield's Pet Force, they left out probably two of the most heavy hitters of the series. Um, So with Pookie and Beaky the Clown are their counterparts, Com Pookie and Sorcerer Binky, who were both replaced, um, one by Professor Wally. And I just think it's quite a shame that they would do that. (laughs) So um, that's that's my point of that. What do you guys think about about that? Uh, I think that Binky the Clown is a, a necessary character from the Garfield canon. Uh, you 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 got a lot of him in the classic cartoon series, um, and I think that if they had an opportunity to bring him into uh, this, bring him forward into this like um, pet heroes team mm-hmm. that garfield had put together and they left him out it's like 
Why? That's that's pretty sad. It's honestly a crime. What do you say? Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, are you not I'm, a big fan of Garfield? I'm fully invested in the Garfield lore. My favorite Garfield is the Eldritch Garfield. Oh, yeah. Eldritch Garfield's hilarious. Yeah. I think Paw Patrol is just a knockoff of Garfield's pet force. Hot take! Damn! If I'm being totally honest right now, and I am. I can tell. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more to Garfield than just lasagna. He has a whole pet force. And I don't think a lot of people think about that. They think lasagna, orange cat. Mondays. There's a lot more going on. Yeah. Cool. Heather, what do we have in chat? Nick Beck's number five is Orko from the He-Man movie. Yeah. Uh, Are you not familiar with Orko, the purple wizard from He-Man? I don't even know what He-Man is. Wow. Heather. I am uncomfortable being in a room with you. Uh, He-Man, the Masters of the Universe series, the hero of Eternia. Um, He uh, has a wizard who uh, follows him around, uh, follows he and Prince Adam around. Um, And uh, he's the castle, the the royal uh, sorcerer or wizard for for them. And then when they made the He-Man movie, they replaced him with this new character that sucked. And... uh, the, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Uh, but in a in a series uh, of terrible choices, they also cast Dolph Lundgren as He Man, and uh, it was you know altogether a terrible movie. So it's. Uh, I mean, it is also the only live action He Man movie we've ever gotten. So there's nothing really to compare it to. What we got next? Taylor's number five is Tom Cruise Iron Man. Go ahead and get mad about it. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, Taylor, that was on my list. So uh... <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I uh, actually it's kind of on my list. Uh, the uh, I, I guess maybe they just couldn't make it work. I can't believe that Marvel didn't attempt to get Tom Cruise in the movie as Iron Man. Uh, I mean, it was right there. It was teed up. Everybody was really excited about it. So I just, I imagine that maybe it just didn't work scheduling wise. Like Tom Cruise couldn't make it work because that superior Iron Man was rumored from the very start of filming for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And we never got it. Um, and they included I didn't the ult- know that. And they included the Ultron bots in the movie, which I think is a great clue that at some point they did intend to put Tony Stark in the movie and they never mentioned him. So I just think they never were able to make it happen and they just went with what they had. Huh. My mind's blown right now. What, that Tom Cruise was supposed to play Iron Man? Yeah. That was just a fan casting. There were some uh, people made some uh, images and stuff for it and it just, uh, it never went beyond that. But Dang. Yeah. Uh, Everybody was calling for it and it just didn't happen. Ben's number five is Adam Warlock in Infinity War. Yeah, uh, Adam Warlock, who we're going to get in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, it's a shame we didn't get him in Infinity War because he's the main foil to Thanos in the Infinity War saga. Um, so it's uh, it was it, it's tough because you have these prime stories where they could have introduced these characters and they're putting them in later. Um, so... Uh, what am I trying to say? 
they're primed to to introduce these great characters from Marvel's greater canon, and they just miss these opportunities. And and then they're going to introduce them later, and we're going to get them on screen and stuff. But now we're missing, and it's it it always takes me back to how sad I am that Wolverine is never going to be in the MCU at the same time as Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, because um, now we're going to get when Wolverine gets introduced it's gonna be great and we're gonna love wolverine but it would have been great to see him on screen with these characters and now we're not gonna get it and i think this that's the same thing with adam warlock thanos is gone and he's not coming back um he's erased from all of existence forever um so we're never gonna get adam warlock versus thanos on screen that's it okay uh my number five uh, is Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, and you may be confused. You may say, I thought that Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool in X-Men Origins. That was not Deadpool. That was not Deadpool. It was shit. It was stupid. It was a terrible choice. Uh, I can't believe they did that to us. Ryan Reynolds is the perfect casting. Uh, Aiden B. says, hi, Corey. It was the perfect casting for Deadpool, and they ruined it. Um, of course, the, the entire idea is they're going to take his mouth off and burn his eyes so that his normal face is exactly Deadpool's mask, because that's the thing we all wanted. We wanted it to just look like Deadpool's mask instead of just getting the wisecracking Wade Wilson that we all know and love. Yeah, that's what we wanted. Thank you, Fox. Thank you for continuously ruining fucking everything. I'm glad you lost the rights to the – or that Disney bought you out so we can get quality – Marvel movies from you guys. Anyway, Corey, uh, Katrina, your number four, please. Okay. Um, my number four, again, from the Harry Potter verse, is Winky, the house elf. I, uh, this is another situation where I didn't realize she wasn't in the movies because she's... I feel like you're whispering about me. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys. She's like... She's not that big of a deal, I guess, but just to show, like, the house elf struggle. But also, at the same time, Spew wasn't in the movies either, and I think a lot of the Spew storyline came from Winky, so... So, um... I'm literally just listening to you. (laughs) Cutting the Spew storyline probably resulted in a lot of cutting Winky, and I think it was another situation where... Dobby probably covered the small story drive that Winky might have offered. So, yeah, and it's I, it's uh, it's the reason this list exists. You know, whenever uh, it comes down to budget acting, uh, if you can combine two roles into one character and it's it covers all the information that you need on screen, it's cheaper. And with cheaper, it you know that's money talks all day long, and uh, you. Winky wasn't needed. Uh, he's Winky's uh, a girl. She wasn't needed either. Uh, but yeah, so it uh, we actually didn't get any female house elves in the Harry Potter movies, did we? No, we really didn't see any just any creature, other house creature. elves except Dobby and Creature. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, and Creature. Yeah, I forgot about Creature. Right. So yeah, uh, Corey, you're number four. My number four. Is um, if you noticed in the Disney adaptation of Bambi, there were several deers removed, um, most specifically Feline's twin brother, Gobo. How could they do that? They're just, they're as animal as the creatures they are animating. And (laughs) 
I'll tell you what. Gobo was... I know. Oh, Jesus, look at that. Okay, I was wondering. We were only seeing Facebook, or not Facebook, YouTube. Everything but Facebook. Yeah. Okay. I was like, man, guess nobody really wants to be a part of this. That's a lot. What's up, Ben? Why are you saying my name? Uh, Anyway. I'm calling you Blake Point. (laughs) What what were you saying about Feline's twin brother? Oh, Uh, Gobo. What a great name. Yeah. I didn't even realize before you mentioned this that Disney, that that Bambi was an adaptation of something else. Yeah. Well, now you know. Yeah. Was there, was it Bambi? Was that the name of the original book? I mean, I'll have to check into that. I don't want to spoil it for you. It's interesting. I didn't realize that that was like, uh, like uh, Frozen being originally the Ice Queen um, is the, the story it's based off of. Um, I didn't realize Bambi was based off of anything. I just thought like Walt Disney one day was like, oh, there's a deer and a, and a bunny. Look at that skunk. Oh, you know what would be great? They were all friends. And that one's mom died. <laughs> you know? Uh, Walt Disney. Uh, he's from Missouri. <laughs> Heather, what do we have in chat? Nick Beck's number four is Mr. Freeze in the Injustice comics. Yeah. Uh, I I haven't read the Injustice comics, but um, if they left Freeze out, that's a travesty. Freeze is one of my favorite villains. Ben's number four is Galactus and Fantastic Four. Yeah, that that stupid cloud was not Galactus. <laughs> what is your face? Sorry, I'm getting ahead of Heather. I okay. just read uh, Taylor's number four. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that uh, in in Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, we get a cloud that is attacking Earth instead of the actual comic book accurate Galactus. So, again, thank you, Fox. So glad Disney bought you out. <laughs> Taylor's number four is no Mushu or original songs in the new Mulan. Unbelievable. That's bullshit. What? No, no Mushu or original songs? The song um, Make a Man Out of You was obviously written for you. Well, okay. So, yes. Cause... Very specifically one line in the very beginning. <laughs> right. But, no, I, I think he's talking about the uh, live-action adaptation of Mulan. Yeah, And how they I know. left these things out. Yeah, they left them out. Yeah, okay. I thought you were – yeah, cool. Um, yeah, there's, like, a small reference to Mushu, right? But, like, he's not actually – they show, like, a dragon or something, like a dragon statue as, like, the home – the protectors. Yeah. Um, but, yeah uh, – and it would have been so simple to leave uh, is it Wushu? Wushu in. Wushu? Uh, yeah, Wushu, which From is a Wu-Tang style of martial clan. art, uh, as opposed to Mushu, who is a tiny red dragon. Uh, but yeah, and and yeah, there was literally almost no singing in that movie. Like, what was Donny Osmond on vacation? They couldn't get him to come make the new Mulan movie? Ugh, ridiculous. I, I um, Freaking not going to lie, Wong fell asleep up. watching it. It's my trademark. It is. Yeah, you can't watch a movie with Katrina that she doesn't pass out. It's true. Uh, My number three is Goku in Dragon Ball Evolution. You know, I really feel like if they had added Goku to the movie, it would have been a very different movie. But instead, they had some white dude pretending to be Goku for the entire movie, and that was awful. Uh, The entire movie is just garbage. Um, And I don't know why they even put the Dragon Ball name on it. They were wasting everyone's time. And uh, Piccolo was all right. Uh, that's my my two cents on that. 
Corey, you're number three. Um, no, okay. it's my number yeah. three. Oh, Katrina, you're number three. Um, Blake 2.0. Anyway, uh, my number three. Uh, Blake is Katrina 2.0. Yeah, but like I'm a better version of Blake in both situations. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny that Hunger Games was on the rumor mill because one of the characters in Hunger Games, the film adaptation, was left out from the books. Obviously, or it wouldn't be on my list. Anyway, um, yeah. this character was Madge Everdeen, which I don't know why they share them. Same last name, Countess Everdeen and Madge Everdeen. I don't remember this character, but I think that she didn't play a very big part, obviously. So I'm thinking um, in the books, Madge was Katniss's favorite, or not favorite friend, was her best friend. And when Katniss got like drafted to the Hunger Games, she gave Madge her Mockingjay pin. But in the movies, when Katniss leaves, she gives it to Prim instead and then that's kind of it, which I can see why they would cut that out. It's really unnecessary. Yeah. So I'm not upset. I think she was like the governor's daughter or something. I think. I think you're right. In charge of their district. Yeah. Okay. Snow. No. No, that was the president. I the... think that's who the book was about, though, that you talked about in Rumor Mill. That's who it is. It is his story. Okay, I'd be interested in that because President remembered. Snow is fucked up. Mm-hmm. That man is bad. Mm. And join us again next week for Mocking Jay talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Corey, you're number three. In musical version of Frozen 2018, Marshmallow, the Rock Trolls, and the Wolves are all omitted. That seems like a travesty. Who's um, Marshmallow? Marshmallow's the giant snow machine, the snow monster. Oh, oh, this is the musical. I was like... Yeah, yeah. But can you imagine seeing them dance in the musical? Like, that's a missed opportunity. Why would you omit those characters? And the wolves? I Th- mean... They played a key part. <laughs> I literally just went to see Lion King the Musical on Friday, and they masterfully had humans playing animals. They totally could have brought that to Frozen. Mm. I don't think that the Frozen musical is at the caliber of the Lion King musical. Am I am I correct in that, or is it is well, it Broadway not level? The marshmallow, rock trolls, and the wolves. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, you're right. When you're right, you're right. Uh, you can't you can't leave those things out. Heather, what we got in chat? Taylor's number three is Peeves and Harry Potter. We're gonna skip you, Taylor. Taylor is the master of stealing other people's yes. lists. Nick Beck's number three is Jubilee in the X-Men movies. Yeah. Uh, Jubilee does show up in the X-Men movies, but she has, like, uh, she's in first class, and I believe the, uh, no, Days of Future Past, and she is in the original Brian Singer X-Men movies in one and two, X-Men and X2. Um, she's in scenes in it, but she doesn't have a lot of speaking parts. But yeah, Jubilee pretty much, uh, Wolverine sidekick pretty much gets left out of all of that. Ben's number three is the Punisher in Civil War. What? The Punisher, <laughs> Civil War. 
So in the uh, the MCU movies, I believe he's referring to Punisher getting left out. Uh, Punisher in the comics had a really cool thing where he uh, – Aideen, uh, it was thanks for stopping in. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, but in the comics, Punisher joined Captain America's side in Civil War. And then um, when they sat down for a planning and strategy Awkward. meeting, uh, he uh, was set – at the table with a bunch of villains and heroes because both sides had teamed up with heroes and villains uh, for the Civil War. And uh, in the middle of talking, uh, in the middle of talking, the Punisher pulls out a gun and kills all of the villains at the table, and Captain America literally beats the shit out of him. And that's Punisher's contribution to the Civil War story. I would have loved to see John Bernthal do that. But they didn't have any villains on their team in, in the movie, so they would have just been... Helpful. Hanging out. He would have yeah. been helpful. He would have been helpful, yeah, for sure. He would have beat, beat some ass. Uh, you don't mess with that version of the Punisher at all. <laughs> Bye, Christine. Yeah, see you, Christine. Thank you. Is that all of chat? Yep. Oh, cool. Uh, my number two... Three, Are we on three, twos? Three. Three. Oh, Shit, I skipped my number four. Uh, my number three... <laughs> geez. My number three is Iron Man being left out of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, I'm not necessarily saying the Tom Cruise version. I'm saying any version of Iron Man. The fact that they did a movie with the Illuminati and left Iron Man, Tony Stark, out of the Illuminati is mind-boggling. Um, it's as bad as them leaving T'Challa out. And I realized, because of Chadwick Boseman's untimely death, that it would have been in poor taste to recast T'Challa or put an alternate person in for T'Challa. But, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is still kicking. They could have put anybody in as Iron Man just to fill that spot. Um, and it didn't have to be Tom Cruise. It could have been a, a bevy of other actors that could have just stepped into the 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 armor, and it also could have been a different Iron Man. It could have been Arno Stark, Tony's brother. It could have been a version of Ironheart, which we're getting on screen in Disney Plus. It could have been War Machine. You could have had a version of Rhodey on the the which Rhodey's not a genius, so probably not. But um, but he could be in a different universe. That's true. You could have a genius Rhodey who uh, became Iron Man himself. Uh, would have been a great way to uh, make that work. But just the idea that, that we got the Illuminati on screen and no Iron Man at all. Like no representation, no mention, no anything. It seems like a really missed opportunity with that particular movie. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bummed about it. I, I really did want to see that on screen. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Cool. What's your number two? My number two is Nina's mom, Camilla, in The Heights. So in The Heights is... Are you familiar? Oh, damn. I'm sorry. <laughs> damn. Um, in The Heights was... Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, debut musical and it's it's just about living in Washington Heights blah 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 well one of the characters name is Nina and her mom is in got it going on whatever Nina's um, mom has got it going on <laughs> uh, but anyway she's she plays a part in the musical and she's really important because she she's the She's like the glue that binds their family together. Um, this is a like a Hispanic community, um, and 
Nina's mom is the one that's like, you need to talk to us about these things. We work through these problems as a family. But in the movie adaptation, they made the creative decision that Nina's mom passed away. Um, And I think it was just to create more conflict for Nina's character to relate now. I don't remember when In the Heights came out, but it was like early 2000s. Yeah, I would have said late 90s, early 2000s. So I think to relate to the like 2020 generation, they tried to change the conflict a little bit. I don't know, dead parents or parental uh, validation. I feel like that's still applicable. It's it's aggravating to me that they cast Jimmy Smiths as her dad and then cut her mom out of the movie. And Jimmy Smiths can't sing, so cut out his entire song. And then cut the entire song where the mom tells them both off exactly. out of the movie. And it seems it's, it's just sad. I, I wish they wouldn't have done that. Yeah. What? Uh, her song is one of my favorites. Yeah. She, so. she tells her husband and her daughter off because they're both being assholes. Exactly. And Sometimes she's... you just got to do that, you know? And she's or the, your wife. She's the boss. Yeah. But anyway, so that kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Corey, you're number two. This is crazy, but in the musical version of Chicago, <laughs> they eliminated... I've never seen this. Well, you need to. Okay. You really need to. Um, they eliminated the role of Jake... Who, as you guys know... The dog? Not the dog. <laughs> he could be, but he was a reporter who served as the audience surrogate. But they took Jake out. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably because the camera plays that role in the, the movie, I would assume. The what? The camera would play the role of the audience surrogate. The You're into the story. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's, not, I'm, it's, it's still nice to have a character to identify with. So I see you say it, that, but <laughs> you can't replace Jake. We right. all. Yeah, I mean, he's got that classic from State line. Farm. Yeah, you know, everybody. I don't have to say it. Everybody knows. Yeah, what Jake but like, says. what's this? I can't remember what is this thing. His, you know, he says it with that accent. I'm not really good at it. You can do it better than me. Uh, how does yeah. he say it? He says, well, if you're going to put me on the spot, I said I've never seen it. Uh, but I believe uh, it's, uh, ah, you'll, you'll never get out of Chicago, uh, I think is the thing he's known for saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Heather, what do we have in chat? Part of the whole musical. Nick Beck's number two is Elminster in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yep. That's deep. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming the live action Dungeons and Dragons movie uh, I'm sorry Nick I really am I have not seen that um, it, it, is that the one with the the one Wayne's brother in it like the <sighs> I'm not going to get too deep into this uh, what else we got <laughs> Taylor Burton's number two is Fantastic Four in the entire Infinity Saga Stupid Fox uh, yeah, Fantastic Four I, in the entire Infinity Saga. There's just too much to say about it. Stupid Fox, but high hopes for the future. And Krasinski, Reed Richards. I uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, Fox sucks. They shouldn't have been able to handle any of Marvel's properties. Uh, they, while the um, the Marvel bankruptcy gave us a really necessary shakeup to the way Marvel did things, one of the saddest part was them selling the movie rights to their most popular characters and those being slaves to terrible filmmakers for a, a decade and a half uh, until 
Disney was just like, you know what? We're gonna take those off your hands, and now Sony's just like, no, 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 no. We can we can share, and then we'll start our own universe. Uh, we won't use Spider Man though. Like it'll be a Spider Man universe with Spider Man characters, but we won't use Spider Man. Uh, we won't use an alternate Spider Man either. Uh, we don't need to put Miles Morales in a movie. Uh, we don't want to remake uh, a movie with Tobey Maguire. Let's not use Andrew Garfield. Uh, we don't really want to do a Spider-Man 2099 live movie. You know what would be really cool? You know what would be really great and I think everyone would love? Let's take all of Spider-Man's villains and give them solo films. That'll be great. That's a huge expanded universe. Everyone's going to love that. Sony, stop. Just make the movies Disney tells you to. Shut up. Put the directors. Just listen to listen to Papa Feige. He's going to tell you how to make your movies. Daddy Feige. Uh, again, again. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Heather, what else we got in chat? Ben's number two is Robin in the Batman movies without nipples on their suits. Yes, we have still, <laughs> to this point, not gotten a good Robin in a Batman movie. We've had some decent Batmans. Um, we've had some Batman? good Batman. We've had some yes, thank you. We've had some decent Batmen. <laughs> We've had some great actors. We've had some great portrayals. Uh, some some better, some worse. But for the most part, Batman's been pretty well represented on screen. Not not the same for good old Dick Grayson. Uh, we've not had a decent introduction of Dick Grayson on screen in a movie. Obviously, Titans is pretty good. Season one is all right. Season two got a lot better. Season three, they're kind of struggling. But. Uh, we do really need like a Batman movie where maybe he gets his origin in the first one. And in the second one, he adopts a small child and lets them fight people with guns because <laughs> that's what a responsible 26 year old man with, uh, you know, near indestructible armored suit, uh, does, you know, Batman in, it, it, there's no good way to put Dick in, um, uh, uh, there's no good way to put Dick in a fight as a small child and Batman not look like an asshole. It's just impossible. Uh, so you just have to lean into his inherent mental uh, health problems and how he was like, um... <laughs> Brittany, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but it, it, his inherent mental health problems and the fact that he doesn't have a companion and this small boy that he adopts is the only companion he has. And he's like, you know what would be great? is if we hang out at night when I'm working too. Like that's how you get Bat- That's how you get Robin into a, a Batman movie. And it's not like, you know, they're both, he's got mental health problems. He's not, he's not in a good place. He made a poor decision. Cool. <laughs> so my number two is what? Both of you have your headphones on backwards. <laughs> I even spun mine around. You did. So you have yours on backwards also. No. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. You definitely do. I, I can it see says the right. word left on. Right, right there. Who is always on your side? <laughs> so my number two is Death from the Infinity Saga. Uh, we've already had a couple of honorable mentions for people left out of the Infinity Saga, but Death. Uh, Thanos' motivation in the Infinity War movies makes no sense with the rate that people populate if thanos wiped out 50 percent of the universe that 50 percent of the universe would be replaced in almost no time that the the five years then that the blip took place it almost 
would have completely wiped out the effectiveness of his plan to wipe out 50% of the universe. It's stupid. It makes no sense whatsoever. And then... Uh, and then if if you got the comic version where Thanos has literally met the anthropomorphic personification of death and she's a beautiful woman and he is in love with her and he's been in love with her since he was a teenager and he will literally do anything to please her and what death wants the most is for Thanos to wipe out like 50% of life so that she can just enjoy all those people dying and so that's literally the only reason why he goes on the quest for the infinity gauntlet and it's literally the only reason why he's killing 50% of people and it's literally the reason he's known as the mad titan because nobody else can see this avatar that he is in love with that he is doing all of this for and you just have to take him at his word Um, that's a much better story Uh, not that I'm complaining about infinity war or endgame I think they're both great but I just think Thanos's motivations make no sense in both of those movies. And if it was in fact for love uh, and the fact that he was in love with something that no one else could see um, and he was just doing it and he looks very crazy and everybody's just like either you have the people on his side who are just like Thanos is a badass and we're going to we're, we're, we got his back. And then you have the people against him who are just like what you're going to kill everybody to make your lover happy and your lover doesn't exist like you're crazy. Like those are motivations that the you know that you can really rise up and fight against. That actually makes sense. Yeah, and the way he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to kill everyone because nobody can live." Like, make a farm. People are hungry. Make a farm. He knows how to farm. We saw him making yeah. soup. That's they just true. Want to be a farmer. Yeah. So what? And for what peace? That was his motivation in the movies. Well, he's yeah. Crazy. That, that yeah. if you mm. wipe out fifty percent, then there's fifty percent more for everyone, and there's less hunger and less struggle and less strife. But scientifically, he in under I think it I think I saw an article on this. I think it's like in under fifty years, he could have made more food. The universe would be right back where it was, and within one generation or two generations, we'd be right back where we were to begin with. That's dumb. Yeah, and Thanos was a genius. <laughs> He could have made people not have to eat. Like he nobody in reality. His, nobody in Thanos's life could do math and be like, "Hey, dude, like this won't work." You know, bad plan. Yeah, it's a terrible plan. So I think, while I wouldn't say that that is a failing of Papa Feige, I do think leaving death out of the storyline was a big mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Katrina, time for your number one. You're number one. That was awful. Okay, so my number one. I can't believe it's the first time this character has been mentioned. Okay, you guys. So my number one, once again, is from the Harry Potter universe. And surprise, it's Peeves. Shocker. Yeah, Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I guarantee Peeves would give you a shocker. That's my pet peeve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sure everyone knows at least, but Peeves is the the punky poltergeist in Harry Potter, and he just like gets up to mischief, and he really only listens to Fred and George, and picks on all of the kids. 
equally. I'd say he doesn't discriminate between houses. Um, but he is noticeably left out of the ghost lineup in all of the Harry Potter um, on-screen adaptations. And it's interesting, actually. So the first director for the Sorcerer's Stone, Chris Columbus, he tried really, really hard to get to work Peeves into the story. They even cast Peeves as Rick Mayo. Um, and he's quoted, actually, Rick is saying that one of the big reasons why he couldn't do the role, like why they just decided to omit the role entirely, was every time he'd get up to do his lines or his scenes, all of the kids, because the entirety of the cast is children, would just laugh. Like, they wouldn't keep character. They would break character and laugh every single time he was on screen. I And then the, he says that that's why they gave him the boot. I don't think that's totally true, but I could see a bunch of children not being able to stay in character while this ghost flies around shitting on people's heads. Literally. I mean, I'm not... not okay, like, Pete didn't do that. He probably, you know, he, like, threw things at them and stuff. Okay. That kind of thing. Yeah, but, but, like, they're children, and Peeves a Appeals to the childlike nature of the the movie. Well, really, the books. And you can kind of... I mean, you get that. Unfortunately, though, Peeves wasn't that important to the story. That the things that he did deliver that was topical or plot-driven could be reassigned to other characters. Yeah. Which it was in the movie. And if you've never read the books... You're only missing the, like, hijinks, and that's it. But what a perfect casting. The guy that played Drop Dead Fred playing Peeves in Harry Potter. Like, and we didn't get that on screen. He basically played Peeves in Drop Dead Fred. I love Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. Oh, and, my God. And, and base, like, this, this character was written for him. Like, he's, he's perfect for it. He's already basically played it. It would have been amazing to see on screen. And the fact that we didn't get that, it's, it's awful. It's a, um, it, it did a disservice to all of us. And, and not that I would ever complain about John Cleese because John Cleese is a legend. But I, I don't know. I kind of want Peeve scenes, and specifically with what was the actor's name? Rick Mail. Rick Mail, specifically with Rick Mail playing the character, because I feel like that's the Peeves we all need. And it's uh, the fact that they cast him, and we never got it on screen. It's like if if they'd never cast him, if they hadn't put the perfect actor in the position, and we never got it. It's not that sad. It's just like oh, I wish they'd have put him in there. But the fact that the perfect person to play Peeves was gonna play Peeves, and they still didn't use him, that's awful. He was only on set for three weeks, I think is what I read. And then they were just like, okay, bye, you're not working. Yeah. But there's got to be Footage. those scenes somewhere. Yeah. Like, even if they're, you know, ruined takes of the children laughing, there's still peeves somewhere. Yeah, Locked up in, like, the kids, Warner Brothers you know. vault or something. Mm-hmm. You, but, you hit little D. Radcliffe and, like, straighten up and quit laughing so much. They act right after that. Yeah, give him some act right. <laughs> Dang, Heather. <laughs> but yeah, Heather's, so that's uh, my number one. Only ever parented pets. So yeah. Give it some parental advice over there. Corey, your number one. <laughs> so Ashniko has a banger called Tantrum. And in the music video, she throws no tantrum. She just rides a motorcycle. So 
And and I'm assuming when you heard the song, uh, you uh, I expected you, a tantrum. You pictured tantrums, and, ex- and you yeah. never got mm-hmm. the tantrum. Mm-hmm. And she even says specifically, "Throw a tantrum," and it's like a command that was never carried out. Yeah, and that's Ash Nico. You said Ash Nico. Ash Nico. Yeah. Not familiar Long purple with purple hair. Ash-Niko. Real cool. Super cool. Um, Not throwing tantrums though. No. No. Well, that's the crazy thing about uh, m- music videos mm-hmm. is that it never – or not never. It very rarely comes down to being the artist's uh, vision for what their video should be. It's uh, They hire a director and a producer, and they put people in place who decide what the video is going to be, and they just show up on the day and do whatever they're told to do. So uh, it's it, it's probably one of those things where it's like uh, – like, uh, you know the Green Day song, When September Ends? Mm-hmm. Um, so that song, Billy Joe Armstrong wrote about his father passing. And his dad died in September. So he, the song is about his dad dying and how he doesn't want to be awake for September, wake him up when September ends. Uh, but the video, for most people who have seen it, and most people assume this is what the song is about, is that there's a soldier going off to war and his uh, fiance is going to miss him because she loves him. And it's about how he's going to war and that's what the whole video is about now why would you take a song that the artist says hey this is about my dad dying Mm -hmm. and make it about a young couple and how one of them's going to war like why because they think it's going to be more uh yeah they 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 want to make a movie and they can't make a movie but they'll get hired to make a a music video so they're like well this is the movie i wanted to make that's a shame yeah heather what we got in chat Nick Beck's number one is Merlin in the latest King Arthur movie. Um, that's the Charlie Hunnam King Arthur, correct? Uh, I believe that's the latest King Arthur movie. And yeah, there is no Merlin in it, uh, it which is weird because he actually does pull the sword from the stone and it makes him king of uh, Camelot. And uh, you would think you'd need Arthur for, or you would need Merlin for all of that to work. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's a reason the movie bombed, though. Because they ain't got no Merlin. They were just marketing the idea of Charlie Hunnam swinging a sword around and hoping people would come watch it. And... Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> and Heather <laughs> loves it, so it worked. Uh... Ben's number one is Lady Stoneheart in Game of Thrones. Yes, that is, uh, that's something that I kept waiting to come up. Uh, so, um, God, what's her name? Uh, it's the, the Stark kid's mother. Um, she gets murdered brutally at the Red Wedding, and she gets resurrected as Lady Stoneheart. And she kills so many people. She is amazing. Lady Stoneheart is a total badass. Catelyn Stark. Thank you, Ben. Um, yeah, Catelyn Stark gets killed at the Red Wedding in the books. Um, same as she did in the show. But comes back to life serving the Lord of Light and uh, just cleans up like she uh kills so many people she gets revenge for her family she is amazing and that they left her completely awesome. out of the show yeah damn yeah that's a sad that's a sad one that's that's something that we should have gotten in the tv series that's like 10 years from now 15 years from now when they do game of thrones again and they Fingers stretch crossed. it out and they do the actual ending that george R. R. martin is still writing uh that will we'll get lady stoneheart stoneheart and, you know, I need won't... to know her. Yeah, they won't get rid of the actress to save money, and they'll actually use Lady Stoneheart, hopefully. 
Yeah. Taylor Burton's number one is Beta Ray Bill. He's been snubbed since Ragnarok. And yeah, he's sick and he of says, <laughs> if he's not either in the main story of Love and Thunder or if he's not in some real Gucci post-credit scene, I'm going to freak out. He's basically been snubbed since Ragnarok, and I'm sick of it. He's my favorite Marvel character. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I See, I knew this would be a hot uh, a list of uh, things that have pissed people off. Um, but yeah, Beta Ray Bill, uh, yeah, he was. He's you literally see his face in Ragnarok. Uh, it's on the side of a building. So he's in the MCU. He's canon now, and we haven't gotten him since. Uh, we haven't gotten him on screen, and the you know it's been a strong fan theory that he's going to represent the third Thor uh, in uh, Love and Thunder, um, and we haven't gotten him. But we do have a scene that looks like there's somebody standing next to Thor, and the the theory is that that's where they've taken one cgi character out and that it's beta ray bill um i i hope that's the case i i want beta ray bill in the mcu also cool oh we're down to me uh my number one is superior spider-man in into the spider-verse so he was a big part of the uh spider-verse storyline in the comics uh superior spider-man my favorite version of spider-man uh Dr. Otto Octavius's mind and the body of Peter Parker um, did not show up in the Sony cartoon movie. And I think that it would have been great to have that version of Spider-Man talking to Nicolas Cage's version of the, <laughs> the uh, uh, Spider-Man noir and uh, and then playing off of each other. So I feel like that's a real missed opportunity. Um, so that's my number one. Well, thank you guys for uh, jumping into chat and helping us. Oh, his his low battery screen is on. <laughs> oh. uh, thank you guys for jumping into chat and uh, helping us with our top fives. Next week's top five, uh, suggested by Brittany herself, the, the rabid squirrel, um, is that we are going to do top five children's stories. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, pretty big. Yeah. Uh, I wish we'd so done top that tonight. Five. Should have done it tonight. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, we're, you know, we did this. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you. Uh, this has been Top 5. Oh, can they hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. So, we are right at an hour and a half now. So, um, I don't want to stretch this too much further. Uh, while Heather is fixing uh, Corey's camera. Um, so next week, whenever Brittany and Blake are back, we will dive into episodes one through four of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, we will also talk about the first episode of Miss Marvel. Um, and we have some uh, a pretty big announcement for uh, Fan Expo Chicago, which is coming up. Heck uh, yeah, in we July. do. Uh, do you want to announce it now? I was going to wait till next week. No, we can wait. Okay. I'll wait. Uh, so stay on the edge of your seats. We'll announce it uh, next week. I will pass this to Corey. Uh, I hope the duct tape didn't damage your phone. And uh, oh, also, thank you to each and every one of you that got on and followed us on TikTok this week. We hit a thousand Heck likes on our yeah. TikTok. My entire plan was to have a camera set up, or a phone set up today, streaming us on TikTok Live. It didn't work out. I forgot to grab the camera stand, but. Corey did a workaround and put us on his <laughs> – and he broke the chair. Put us on his TikTok. So thank you for that, Corey. I really appreciate it. No um, problem. So, yeah. Uh, 
Next week, top five, top five children's stories. Uh, we've got, we're pretty much out of time, but I'm not just done yet. Katrina, are you done? No. So, if you are wondering how this works, um, these two individuals both have one minute to openly explain their character or... You want me to help out? So, this is all you done. <laughs> we take our schoolyard arguments about who's better than whom. Uh, Katrina... Uh, has Jake the dog from Adventure Time, and I have Plastic Man making, from the Justice pancakes. League. Making pancakes. Um, we get one minute to present our case as to why our character would win. After that one minute, we then we switch get over. 30 we get 30 seconds. Two minutes. We get two minutes. After that minute is up, we take two minutes. Two minutes. And we argue two. competitively. We argue competitively. Head to head. Oh, not right now. No, definitely yeah. at the two-minute mark. Uh, we argue competitively, head-to-head, uh, uh, debate style, but, you know, with a little less class. And then after that, we take 30 seconds to rebut, uh, where the other person cannot uh, interrupt you, um, and and they won't. Your Honor, objection, hearsay. <laughs> it was your question. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, and then uh, then we post the results to our social medias, and you guys get to vote. Um, it, during the argument, every time you feel like we've made a good point, comment your reaction. Now, I know, like, last time, last week, you guys were reacting to the video. Uh, we can't see that on our end. So um, if you could just put it in the comments, that'd be great. Um, so it is a laughing face. There you go. For my lovely wife, and it is a wow face for Plastic Man or me. Um, and Corey is going to uh, punch the sidle button. You gotta let it go. <laughs> Whenever our time is up. I have one job. Yeah, so Corey, I'm gonna go ahead and get our timer set up for you here. Who goes first? Uh, I go first. Okay. So just Good. hit start. All right, ready? Wait. I'm ready. Set. So Plastic Man, one of the uh, funniest and long-running characters from the Justice League, um, is a hero who has the ability to stretch his limbs and take on the shape of anything, be it a bouncy ball, be it uh, a kite or uh, um, a parachute, but he has no... Uh, limits to what he can stretch to do. He's almost invincible. Um, he can take an insane amount of damage, and he has a great sense of humor about it the whole time. Now, he's not known for his fighting prowess, and he doesn't have to be because he can literally get out of any sticky situation by stretching. Um, but he has been in battle alongside people like Batman, people alongside Superman, uh, and the greater canon of the Justice League, and he stood toe-to-toe with some of the greatest heroes that comic books has ever been able to put on the page. And uh, Plastic Man is amazing. All right. Well-timed, well-timed. Yeah, that was very well. Do you think you can time that as well as that? Nope. Okay, so I have Jake the dog. He's from Adventure Time, and he's Finn's brother. Anyway, so Jake, pretty similarly to Plastic Man, he can stretch and mold his body in literally any shape. He once um, opened a lock with his key hand. 
and he can grow and shrink at will. He can also grow and shrink different parts of his body. So when he gets poisoned, or if he gets poisoned like he did by me now, he just grew his liver extremely large to dilute the poison and it didn't hurt him. He's fallen into a volcano before and survived. He's died and come back. He can speak Korean. He has a sweet girlfriend. Um, and... Uh, we found out that his father is a supernatural person and he, then that makes Jake overpowered because he can turn blue and then he becomes kind of like an alien and that's really creepy. <laughs> Jake the Dog 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so now we got two minutes. We get to go head to head. So, Corey, you just let us know when it's time. Alright, ready and begin. So I'm pretty sure whatever Plastic Man can do, Jay can do better. And um, a fat, lazy dog has no chance in a fight against an actual. Are you kidding hero. me? Jake is not fat. He's definitely no, lazy. He's definitely fat. He can be fat when he wants to be because he got, he can grow and shrink at will. No, he That's can not be even. Skinny when he wants to be. No, he, he is, can. He, his he form that he takes on is the form that is most comfortable for him. So it doesn't have anything to do with him being out of shape. But I know he for a fact that Jake probably isn't going to fight. Um, so for the most part, he'll most likely evade. And he can do Which everything that... Which is also Plastic that... Man's MO. Plastic Man. So obviously these two people aren't going to touch each other. Yeah. Well, that's not true because uh, while Plastic Man isn't known for his fighting capabilities, he has been friends with one of the greatest tacticians to ever exist. And some of that has to have rubbed off on him. Oh, absolutely. So I... And so is Jake. He got trained by his dad. Um, what was his name? Warren Ampersand. And he's able to harness his demon and energy in a way that he hasn't never been able to before. So that overpowers all of his shape-shifting opportunities and makes him um, a worthy opponent. He also loses control when he does that, correct? No. Yeah. he loses, When he goes into his full blue alien form, he loses control. I don't think so. He does, because he, uh, he goes into it when he's angry, correct? And he loses, like... Well, that's doesn't before his training. Doesn't, doesn't Finn have to fight him down from the uh, blue alien form? Yeah, before his training, when he didn't know what was happening. Yeah, so it's I a classic hero if story. Can, if, if he has some bullshit taking Jake over his body, and then he goes on this quest from the call of the hero. And then he goes on the quest, he gets trained, he learns how to hone his power, and then he goes into battle, and he's able to do all of this awesome has. Also, Jake doesn't have any weaknesses. Jake has a lot and of if anything, weaknesses. if Jake gets tired, he'll just form into Jake suit and Finn will take over. Yeah, well then by that time... <laughs> 30 seconds. You're damn right, Aiden. Just let me know. <laughs> Alright, who's going first? Me. Begin. So, Jake the Dog. Uh, while I I love Adventure Time. I love Jake the Dog. I think he's amazing, an amazing character. I don't believe that he can stand on the level, shoulder to shoulder, with a hero like Plastic Man, who has been a part of the Justice League, who has been a key figure in things like Tower of Babel, which was an amazing story in the Justice League canon, um, where he really showed his versatility as a hero and his abilities. And I think that while Jake does have similar abilities to what Plastic Man does. He's also easily distracted. All right. Are you ready? Hold on. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Begin. I had to burp. Nope, start it over. All right. All right, begin. Okay, so... 
I had things. Oh, Jake was also super duper duper important when they were doing the battle for the Enchiridion and when they were battling Billy as the Lich and when they were battling Gorb and when they were saying saving Ooh and when he saved Finn when Finn was going through his weird leaf sh- uh, sword shit. Uh, so yeah, I would say that on the caliber of adventures that they've been on, Jake's been on equally uh, adventurous things. I'm gonna that need you to take a take a penalty on that one. You would definitely spoke <laughs> I'm after. I'm just well. kidding. So uh, we will be posting this to our YouTube and uh, our Facebook and all of our other social media. Also, everybody, uh, right now, punch that laughing face, Jake the dog. Jake the yes, please dog. do. She really needs the charity. Um, okay, yes. yeah, so he could Jake, get distracted, but distracted. then he would uh, satisfy his distraction right. and go back to the fight. So next week we will be doing uh, Thanos versus Darkseed uh, when Blake and Brittany are back in the studio. Yes, there's uh, no way I was doing when that. When this goes up on our socials, you can uh, continue voting on it. In two weeks, we'll have the results of the battle. Heather, did anybody vote? Yes. Yes. Did you happen to take a small tally? I'm all about instant gratification. Well, we can do that after the thing runs. You got five. Ha! Jesus and Christ. Danny got three. Jake the dog okay. wins. Well, that's not landslide. Two weeks. Two weeks until the landslide. Two weeks. <laughs> Aiden is your bro. What's up, Aiden Breenan? Is that your full name? You don't have to answer that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, this has been us. Um, I do uh, want to say. Uh, that if you were a fan of what you saw today, you can also go to our Patreon to get a hold of our exclusive content. That is our uh, Give Me Five videos as well as our ongoing adventures of uh, Kidos the Spearman um, and our food challenge videos, which go up on there. And currently the one we have up is our hot chip challenge, which was a nightmare. Uh, don't ever do that, and, oh, yeah. and I'll never do it again. Nightmare um, going in and coming out. Yeah, it was even worse the next day. Um if you are interested in anything that we've talked about today or you're trying to find us on social media, you can always look at our show notes. We have links to most of the things in our description. Um, if you have a question you would like to ask us, but you don't want everybody to see it, you can always go to our Contact Us form on our website, comicallyinclined.com, and you can email your questions directly to us. Um, and however you are watching this in whatever format, please leave us a five-star rating or whatever the equivalent is um, because yes, that uh, is what people look at whenever they're looking for sponsorship and the more money we can pump into the show, the better the show will be, the better for you. You'd really just be helping yourself. Um, Brianna Bright, uh, the Shepherd and the Horn Girl book is still available on Amazon. Please go check that out. And Rose Roach's Fireball Teen Superhero, uh, an amazing book about a young man who finds himself with some amazing abilities. I do have um, something to add. Go for it. Okay. We did launch our first inaugural um, email emailed newsletter and we're going to do it monthly and if you didn't receive the newsletter because we didn't have your email which makes sense then you should go also to comicallyinclined.com um on the footer of every page you'll find the newsletter sign up um or you could send us an email and i could sign you up but you totally want to be in on this email we're going to be sharing a lot of um 
like a lot of con not necessarily a lot of content but like a lot a lot of updates and stuff are comically inclined right. for the whole month so you're gonna that's you're gonna see it first there before you see it on the show so if you're trying to keep up with us that's the best way to do it our july email will launch um the first couple of days of july and if you can keep up with me you're doing better than i am because i never know what the hell i'm doing <laughs> Um, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Ken's Comic Man out of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. They are our go-to for all of our nerdy things, uh, be that Pops figures or action figures or helmets or comic books or nerd shirts. Um, they are an amazing business out of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And if you're not near Poplar Bluff, travel down there. Check them out. They have an amazing store. Uh, Perkins Performance, they are our go-to for all of our vinyl needs. They did the vinyl on the front of our studio. They print all of our stickers and our pop-up banners and our backgrounds and anything that we need, really. They're amazing. Drop the Mic DJ Service. Mike is our audio consultant. He helps us sound oh so good. Um, and he's also the uh, showrunner for uh, Retro Recap, our weekly retro video game shows that happen on thursday and sunday at both seven to eight and then six to eight on sunday he is currently playing through bully on sunday um picture what designs uh they are our graphic design and uh marketing consultants and also that is katrina and will uh that's their company and yes. uh if you like the way our show looks that was all them. They did some amazing work, and they really uh, made us look much better than we than I made us look because <laughs> I am not a designer. Uh, Monster Tattoo, Aaron Thurman, good friend of the show, and also the artist on our Kitos the Spearman comic book. Um, Lennox and Jude Photography. Uh, if you need photography done, uh, Lennox and Jude is the place to go. They are amazing, and they will take care of you. Um, Blake Hickman Construction. Uh, we couldn't do the show without Blake Hickman Construction. They built our studio. Uh, the table we're sitting at, um, they are amazing. Um, and the Rock and Roll Drive-In out of Chaffee, Missouri. If you, uh, When's the last time you were at a drive-in? Well, uh, you can go to Chaffee on the weekends. Uh, thurs uh, they're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. No, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, they're currently showing uh, Maverick, the Top Gun sequel, which I hear is amazing. I don't know. haven't seen it yet. Um, but uh, I, I know Taylor Burton uh, keeps championing it um but anyway also while you're there you can see our lovely faces on the purcell big tire screen and by our i mean me because there's nobody else in this room that's on that yep uh, that ad but uh yeah so uh that is us for the week Brittany and blake should be back next week blake has third degree burns from sitting in the sun Poor for buddy. two hours on a beach in florida and uh Brittany is busy with her other business right now so um they should both be back next Wednesday. Uh, for Comically Inclined, I'm Danny. And you know what? We'll catch you later. Bye.